Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. nlpwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the show, Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt. How are you, man? Matt Browning. You know, um, we're in the middle of a mini series, and this mini series is all about what's real happiness. And it's not this woo-woo, airy-fairy, you know, and I don't say that in a derogatory sort of way to the woo-woo, airy-fairy people, but this isn't one of those kind of conversations. This mini-series is really about discovering some of the, the actual plans, purposes that humans use to generate purpose and meaning out in the world and our actions and what success kind of really looks like. So this is part three. Hope you're getting ready and raring up for a great weekend. Um, if you usually get this first thing in the morning, I apologize. This is going to be dropping a little bit later because I have had quite the week. And uh, man, over on the East Coast, it is almost six o'clock now as I'm sitting down to get this. But I every time, no matter what, I'm going to get these episodes out for you because I want to make sure that you can gather everything you have been expecting. So episode one was all about what's the real happiness? And we talked about the difference between happy and joy versus purpose and meaning. So go back in the archive if you haven't already and listen to that. If you're listening to us in the car, hey, I'm so glad you are. But remember, this radio show is also on demand anywhere you find podcasts. You could even check this out. I just found this out. I should probably, uh, should I save it? Should I save this for next week? No, I'll, I'll tell you now and then I'll, I'll bring it in because I don't have my little Alexa thing here in the room with me. It's in the bedroom, which is an odd place for Alexa to be, right? <laughs> um, but now you can even say, Alexa, play the Driven Entrepreneur and it'll start playing the most recent episode. Isn't that cool? So you can get me wherever you want. That's a good or a bad thing, depending on your perspective. So we are on episode three. We've covered what real happiness is, from my perspective at least. And again, talking about purpose and meaning versus just happy and joy. Um, last week, or actually this week on Tuesday, we talked about goals and how goals are critical that we need an aim to shoot for. I did not talk about old school goal setting processes. Moreover, it was about the psychology of goals and why it's so important to us and how it leads to happiness. This week, this is a really exciting topic because it's something nobody really talks about much, and I think we're going to have a ton of fun doing it. This episode is called You Have a Chance, and or I might change the name a little bit. We'll see how it goes. But this is about understanding that when it comes to real happiness, you have a chance. You need to feel like you have a chance at success, at real happiness. You know, there's a lot of people in the world, probably not you if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you know... Uh, progressive thinking person and you're looking for success. But look, people, you know, listen all around the world to this show in all different situations. 
And I've had people, you know, message and send, you know, DMs on, on Instagram at Matt Browning or on uh, Facebook at Matt Browning, B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G. Send me something there. Let me know what situation you're in. Let me know what stage of entrepreneurship you're in and let me know what your questions are. What do you really want? And the reason why we're doing this mini series right now is because a lot of people ask a version of, you know, what's happiness about? How do I get happy? I hit the proverbial top of the mountain and success. And I said, is this all there is? And I'm not really happy. So what's it all about? Well, this week is all about the, the process of how do you feel like you have a fighting chance to win even when you think you don't? And that's a kind of a heavy subject. So let me break down the scenarios. No matter what financial place you're in, no matter how much money your business makes, or if you're listening to this, even, you know, a lot of people, I had one of my friends, a single mother, um, shout out to you, Lily, you're out there and you listen every single week and you've been since the beginning of the show. It's almost been two years. I'm so grateful for your support, but you sent me a message or you put a post to share on Facebook that said, I'm so glad that you did this, um, that last series on winning with words and you were listening to it with your son, right? Who's eight or I don't know if he's nine yet now or close to it. I'm sure. Um, he's about the same age as my son. And you said, you know, she was listening to the episode with her son and getting all these, these entrepreneurial nuggets that are really for everyday life. And, and it was cool to see like, um, the, the teaching applying to parents. So shout out. Thank you, Lily, for listening. Um, it means a lot. And that's why I want to, I want to shout that out. So, Hey, hit me up on social media. Maybe you'll get a shout out. That's how it happens. I need to know who you are. Dogs. Dog. What a segue. Yeah. Dogs, the way they solve conflict, the way they work through who is supposed to be in what position in the pack, and I see this in a dog park, is so different than how adult humans do it. Shockingly, though, children are much closer to pack mentality and how they solve conflicts than adults are. So what can we learn about this? Well, in any situation for success, you need to feel like you have a fighting chance to win. And look, let's be honest. On one side, you could argue that the world is a wonderful place full of opportunities, and it is. But equally true is the world is a horrendous place full of malevolence and 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 there's darkness and there's people that are out to get you if you give them a chance. But remember, I'm not, you know, it's not doom and gloom. We're trying to be reality here. Because you can also find people who will go out of their way to help and support you and love on you. So I guess what I'm saying is the world is full of all of those things. Just because you have rose-colored glasses doesn't mean that evil doesn't exist. And just because you're pessimistic and depressed and feeling like the world has conquered you doesn't mean positivity and love and opportunity doesn't exist. Does that make sense? It's that all of that is in the world. And I think the reality is if you look at, you know, the, the facts on the ground and you look at the situation in the world, there is a lot more uh, supply of hardship than there is success and positivity. I think there's more quantity, if that makes sense, of more quantity of people, whether it's you just look at the population of who is suffering or who is, is trying to get ahead but feeling stagnant or feeling stuck versus who feels like they got the world by, you know, the horns the quantity of those people are definitely 80, 20, at least, uh, maybe even more like 90, 10 or 99 to one, you know, that classic 1% we always talk about. So in a world that's hard, 
in a world that really, like if you mess up, if you don't do your very best every day, if you don't get up with purpose and energy, if you don't give you know, the most excellent possible service to your clients that you can, they're going to find someone else to be clients of. It does, it's, not a, it's not enough to just do okay, right? In business, we need to be excellent. If you're an okay parent, you end up with a kid, you know, possibly that's not as well adjusted as you want and is going to have some issues. You need to be more than an okay parent. Like to, to get a, to raise a, a decent adult, a child that comes into adult, we need to be an outstanding parent. So there's this weird rule of you need to be even better than the situation depends or the situation demands. And if you can be even better than it demands, the results will usually be at least a step back from the effort you put into it. Does that kind of make sense? Okay. Well, I mean, you're not going to tell me, but hopefully it does, right? Hopefully it does. So you need to put in a lot because the world can be a really challenging, hard place. And there's many people who are in a situation that feel that feels unwinnable. And I want to talk this week about that. And this, you know, it's not my typical normal upbeat show, but it's such an important topic. So if I can just, we're just going to jump in, you know, when a situation seems unwinnable, it's very dangerous potentially. When a human being feels like they can't win at work and then you come home and maybe personal life isn't great and you feel like you can't win at home or people are out to get you or you have no support or the relationship is just hanging on by a thread that's two areas in life that you feel that are unwinnable. You add a third area, like maybe you look at your health and go, you know what? I've tried everything and I'm still, I'm, I'm not healthy or I, I, I'm sick or I'm overweight or whatever the health situation is. Now you have three situations that feel like you can't get ahead and win. Yeah, I went to the gym, but that didn't really work. Um, every time I try to make a breakthrough in the relationship, it just, I feel like we're doing one step forward, three steps back, you know, and, and business can be anywhere around the board. You can be making a million dollars a year and then realize you have 1.5 million in expenses. You're running in the red and it's only a matter of time till you're going to shut everything down. And look, people are at that place every single day. Hopefully you can turn things around. So my encouragement today, my encouragement this week, and this is one that made the top six, or I guess, yeah, top six factors of real happiness. And it's a simple, small thing, and it comes from the animal kingdom. We're going to go back to dogs in a second. I just open that loop for you so you listen. You need to feel like your situation is conquerable, winnable. You need to feel like you have a fighting chance to get ahead, get out from under whatever that situation is that you're in. When you're in a positive situation, it's easy. But when you're in a negative, stuck situation, if you feel depressed and the depression stays too long, it turns into something worse. If the relationship is bad and it stays bad or it's, you know, you give the silent treatment and you keep that going, what happens is it doesn't stay the same, does it? It's a principle of stagnation. If you have stagnant water in a pond, the water on day one hasn't changed to day two, except the situation gets worse. So when you flow the water, it stays flowing and fresh. But if you keep it the same, it doesn't just stay where you are. It actually gets worse day by day. It's called stagnation. It's the same principle of trying to stand still on an escalator, right? If you walk up an escalator, you can make some progress. But if you stand still on an escalator, you're going backwards, even if you think you're standing still. 
we need to take that into our situations at work and in everywhere in life and look at situations. And I'm going to encourage you this week. It might sound like a weird thing and an odd way to say it, but I want to encourage you this week to look at your situations in life as a fight, not as a, as a fear-based fight or a, I'm going to conquer my foe and make them lose fight more like a Rocky fight, you know, more like life is great and it's worth fighting for. Your relationship is, is important. It's worth fighting for, you know, it's not, it's not, again, it's not about throwing blows and fighting. It's about, is it worth having the fighting spirit for, is it worth being a warrior for? And I think the answer should be yes. In relationship, in your parenting, if you have kids, uh, with your family, with your business, with your health, is your body, is your own personal life worth freaking fighting for? I hope the answer is yes. As long as you get that, then what happens is when things go great, you're like, boom, I'm on a roll. And when things get stuck or things get hard or something blows up in your face or that sale cancels or that customer sends an evil, you know, nasty, I hate your guts email, which can happen, never to me, (laughs) but it actually has. And it can happen for sure. And at some point it will happen no matter how good of a heart you have, someone's going to think you're terrible. When that happens, will you get up and fight? Not them. I mean, fight for your freedom, fight for your situation, fight to bring your business to where it should be, fight to bring your life where it should be. So if the answer is yes, the next part is, do you feel like you can win? Do you feel like if you fought, you'd have even a fighting chance in hell? And, you know, the sad thing is a lot of people around the world right now don't feel like they have a fighting chance. And I'm not talking about, you know, in Orange County, California or Grand Rapids, Michigan. I mean, there's certainly going to be some. I pass by quite a few every single day driving around that might feel like they're in an unwinnable fight. So maybe, you know, it's, it's someone who's been homeless for a certain length of time, a little too long. And they're like, you know what, what's the point? No matter how hard I, I fought, I never got ahead and now I'm stuck and now because the situation's gotten so bad, it's 10 or a hundred or a thousand times harder to get out from it, right? Like if you just lost a job, it's a lot easier to find a new job because you still have a house, you still have a shower, you still have clean clothes and so forth, right? If you've lost those abilities and it's been too long, now finding that new job, how much harder is it because you're in a different situation? So is it, is, is it winnable? And I want to tell you, the answer is yes, yes. Every situation is winnable. Every situation that you fight for, that you scratch and claw for, you can come out on top. Here's the principle, and this is wired deep into our biology. We need to know this is true. If you watch two dogs at the dog park, not fight, but get to know each other. And I love this. We have a little wiener dog named Hudson. Oh, yeah. I said wiener on the radio. Wiener dog. <laughs> but we have a little wiener dog. He's nine months old and he's a mini dachshund and he's super stubborn, really annoying. I think some of you have even heard him. He's come on in the, in the studio here at the house um, and he'll visit the podcast from time to time. But I love, I'll bring him over to the dog park. And what dogs do is, of course, they're going to smell each other. And it's more than smelling each other. They're sussing each other out. They're, they're instantly all at once saying, who's alpha Who's beta? Am I dominant or submissive? Is there another dominant dog here at the dog park, especially if there's three, four of them? 
but I love watching Hudson kind of tussle with another dog close to his size. And I realized this principle one time I was watching him with a dog, you know, Hudson's probably, I don't know, 12 pounds or 10 pounds or something. So he was tussling with a dog that was probably, you know, 20, 25 pounds, bigger, but not big. And the bigger dog clearly had the advantage. He could pin him down. And every time they went at it, he'd kind of nuzzle him. Um, Hudson would flip onto his back and then the dog would like step over him and kind of pin him down like a jujitsu pin or a wrestling pin. And, you know, I felt like a WWE uh, um, referee, you know, going in there going one, two, oh, got the shoulder up. No, he didn't get the shoulder up. He just stayed pinned. And basically in that round, the dog dominates, Hudson submits, and the dog wins and Hudson loses for that round. And then if the dog kind of nips at him a little bit, Hudson doesn't like it. And then maybe they'll break up and then they come back together again. And the same thing happens. And what I hope happens, and this happens every time. It's so fascinating. It's a natural instinct for all animals. Rats do it. Dogs do it. Every animal that plays this way, dominant versus submissive to figure out how, who's in the pack. They all play this way. The dominant dog will keep on winning, but Somewhere deep in the brain, the dominant dog knows to let up at a certain point. So this other dog went about maybe 80% or 75% of his effort. And he kind of went there and he put a paw on Hudson, but then he kind of stayed back. And then Hudson was like, wait a minute. And he jumped up and seized his opportunity. And then he jumped and nipped that dog and then flipped that dog on his back. And then he ran away and then the dog ran and they kept on doing it. The principle though is you got to feel like you have a winning chance. See, the smaller dog will always go up to fight with the bigger dog together, right? Like, or if the bigger dog comes in, the point when the two dogs come together, the smaller dog will enter the fight. And again, I'm not talking about dog fight. I'm talking about kind of dominance, um, but in a positive way. I'm just going to call it a fight though. I don't know what other term to use. So the small dog's always going to come back into the fight, right? And he's going to stay. And then if he loses, he's going to go lick his wounds and he's going to come back and fight another day. And they're going to keep doing that. Except if the big dog is a bully and never lets the little dog win, he never lets up. Eventually the little dog will lose interest and he'll go away and he won't come back to the fight. And the principle is he feels like there's no chance to win. So why even try? And man, I don't know if you've had a big dog in your life. And maybe it's been the economy, or maybe it's been an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe it's been an angry client, or, what, or a lawsuit, or a tax audit, or something to that effect. Whatever it's been, if you've had that big dog in your life, and it, ke- it feels like it keeps on coming, and no matter what you do, you can't seem to win, that's the most dangerous place in all. Because if you feel like you can't win, eventually, you just give up. You go, you know what? What's the point of trying I've tried this a million times, forget it. And that's the time when you finally never go on a diet again. That's the time when you've had so many negative relationships, you just swear off uh, relationships. And you go, you know what? I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. And I want to tell you without mincing words, it's a dangerous place to be. Look at yourself, really. Look at your life, look at your business. And not to get too you know, real here, but this is, this is real talk so that it's real happiness, <laughs> miniseries. If you want a chance at real, real happiness, you got to look at those situations in life that you feel like have been unwinnable and make a decision to get back in the fight. You have to do it. Decide it's time. You know what? I'm not telling you to be foolish. And if you've been, have your heart broken 12 times, 
please don't go back and date the same guy, but in a different body and, you know, and go back to the same pattern and just go, well, Matt said to try and don't put your heart out there and be vulnerable on after one date, right? That's not, that's just not intelligent. That's not a good emotional boundary. But to stand back and go, you know what? Every time I dated, I got hurt. So I'm just going to stop dating. That's also not very healthy either, if that makes sense. So the secret to real happiness for this episode is feeling like you can win the fight. Okay. You got to let the dogs fight it out. If I, if when the owners try to intervene, that's, I, I try to, you know, have them stop. It's really not healthy for them. So what happens is the big dog gets on a little dog and the big dog owner goes, Oh, come on, Chuck, come on, Chuck. And he goes and tries to take the dog off. That doesn't solve anything because now the dogs don't know what happened. Nobody won. The big dog still wants to prove something. The little dog has a false sense of security. Does that make sense? Like that's, they're going to have more anxiousness. That's not healthy. So I, you know, I'm always kind of giving the opinion when I'm there at the dog park. Oh no, it's okay. I always say things, you know, let them play. It's all, no, this is important for them. They need to solve this conflict and figure things out between themselves. It's not dangerous. They're not biting. They're not actually angry, but they do have this conflict that they need to resolve. And if you intervene, it's going to mess it up. And, and then I watch him do it. And the big dog dominates, dominates, dominates. Then Hudson comes in from underneath and goes, aha, and he'll win like every fifth fight. But the cool thing is if he wins every fifth fight, he knows he has a winning chance. He knows he has some chance, so he'll stay in the fight. So he'll get back and tussle around again. Kids do the same thing. Parents, I'm urging you, if you have young kids especially and more than one child, let them as much as possible solve their own conflicts. I know it's hard when you hear yelling or you hear, ah, mom, I get it. But when you go in, don't go, what are you doing? Stop that. Apologize to your brother. Put that back. As soon as we bring in, the, it's almost like an artificial um, uh, influence into what could be kind of an animalistic, almost instinctual pack um, conflict part. So as much as possible, and I realize I like I'm out of turn on this. It's not fair for me to say because I have one child. Um, so I get that, right? But, you know, even like when, when I'm watching more than one kid or I'm watching my son with the other kid, I don't jump in and save my son or I don't jump in and save his friend. If there's a conflict and I have to be involved, I'm going to just stop and go, oh, what's going on? Oh, well, he said that. Okay, well, why don't you guys sort it out? What do you think you should do? And I want to, as much as possible, turn it back to them because when they solve their own conflict, the kid who is being taken advantage of or got flicked in the ear, like it's really healthy for that kid who kind of was submitted. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, that kid kind of had a submissive role and the other kid had a dominant uh, action or aggressive action. It's really important for the kid that received the bullying or received that to be able to find a way to stand up and to resolve that without going, because when I come in and take care of it, it does two things. It makes peace, but it's not really peace. It's fake peace. When I go in and try to solve a problem for them, the, the kid who did it in a way got away with it or got an unnatural consequence. Unnatural consequences are very dangerous too. You know, if, if, um, if he, you know, broke something or stole something from someone, well, he should maybe repay that and repay it with kindness or whatever is necessary. Not I'm taking your video game away for a week. See, that's an unnatural consequence. That's not how the world works, right? If, if you are mean to a coworker, your boss doesn't take your, your uh, iPad away for a week, <laughs> right? You get a warning and if it happens again, you get canned. 
So we need to start looking at natural consequences for that. And then what happens is when the kids can begin to solve things, the kid who usually was the quote weaker or submissive or got taken advantage of or whatever was on the bottom of the, of the pack uh, in the dogfight. Now he can actually, he or she can build some self-esteem, real self-esteem, because they figured out how to solve their own problem. They were the one who stood up and said, hey, I don't like this. I need you to change it. It's so much more powerful for a young kid to tell someone else, I don't like it when you do that, versus have mom or dad say, hey, that's not nice. Stop doing it. So anyway, that's what I want to talk about. Life, having a chance at winning is not about avoiding conflict. It's about getting to the other side of conflict healthfully and facing it head on. So whatever's going on in your life, the positive stuff, hey, enjoy it. But if you have something negative, you have something hard, you have something that you don't want to face, don't be like I have so many times in my life and be an ostrich putting your head in the sand and hope it goes away. (laughs) That's how I treated conflict for many, many years. Put my head in the sand and hope it passes me by. Get your head out of the dang sand, stand up, be a man, be a woman, be whatever you call yourself, stand up and be someone who will face conflict and will make a difference and will change something. You have a fighting chance. I guarantee it. And as long as you have a fighting chance, you can win and change your situation. When you change your situation from bad to better, that's what makes you smile. That's real happiness, not just joy in the moment because you're avoiding conflicts. Hope this was useful for you. I'm going to end with that right now. Next week, we are going to talk about the power of limits. And that sounds counterintuitive, but actually we're going to discuss this really interesting um, psychological concept about how placing more limits on life can actually increase happiness and, and make life more fun and create more progress. So that's next week. Make sure you tune in. It'll be Tuesday dropping for you. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, enjoy. Get out there. It's the, this is the first, uh, yeah, this is the first podcast, first radio show of the new year. So get out there and crush it. 2020, first one of the new year, first one of the new decade. It's your time. Get out there and do it. Make sure you subscribe and then please, please rate and review if you haven't already. I'm just going to ask one last time every episode, but go on iTunes, especially if you can, if you have iTunes, if you have another platform that takes ratings, it's appreciated there too. Um, but rate and write a little review, one or two sentences. If you've only rated, not reviewed, please write a review. It helps so much. The more reviews we have, the more Apple will show and the other platforms will show this podcast to people searching for entrepreneurship. That's my big ask for you. Have an awesome weekend. Get out there and crush it. I'll see you Tuesday. Episode four, the power of limits. 